Welcome to another edition of the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. I'm WildcatAuthority.com Senior Editor Jason Shear, and it's about 48 hours removed from the NAU game, and I uh, figure it's a good time to kind of look at it. We, we won't pay too much attention to it, only because the matchup that everyone cares about now is, uh, is obviously the Texas Tech matchup, which, even though it's only three games into the season, that Texas Tech matchup is the the biggest game of the year. You could make an argument where if Arizona loses it, uh, its chances for a bowl are, are pretty much gone. Um, and if it wins, uh, there's still hope. But we'll, we'll take a look at the Texas Tech game later in the week and kind of just wanted to, to wrap up the Arizona's win over NAU. Uh, kind of a weird game, actually, in for a few reasons. And um, we'll start off with the, the defensive performance. I mean, Arizona, at the end of the first half, is winning 51-13, to 13, uh, just dominating the, the Lumberjacks. Really, the only drives that NAU scored on uh, were helped immensely by, by stupid penalties on Arizona, which we'll get to in a bit, uh, of course. But I thought Arizona's defense played well in, in the first half of that game. I, I didn't watch the first half and, and come away with the feeling that the defense just wasn't very good. Um, in the first quarter, for instance, uh, NAU finished with 100 yards uh, at the end of the first quarter. Arizona already had 282 yards. And then uh, at the end of the second quarter, NAU only added uh, about like 171 yards total at half. So they only had 70 yards in the second quarter. And anytime you can hold any team to 170 yards in a quarter, um, looking now 11 rushes for 18 yards, uh, it's a good half. I mean, Arizona's defense was fine in that first half. You you allow 13 points, I don't care who the opponent is, you're you're generally going to be happy with it. And and so you're watching the first half, and and you're okay with the result. Arizona's offense is rolling and all that, but uh, the second half, complete opposite story. I mean, Arizona got outscored in the second half against NEU, and uh, at, at first viewing, after the game, I, I kind of said to myself, you know, that, that I didn't really care uh, about what happened because you, you take a look at the the second half and Arizona was rotating a bunch of guys and all that. And uh, it, to me, it wasn't a, a huge deal only because of the young players that were in the game. And you kind of go away and say, hey, look, you know, at one point, Arizona secondary was Malcolm Holland and Malik Hausman. That won't happen again the rest of the year unless Arizona's blowing out a team or getting blown out themselves. Colin Schooler literally didn't play a down in the entire second half. And uh, and, and so you say to yourself, hey, look, you know, uh, there's guys in there that, that aren't going to play moving forward, and the starters weren't really in there. But... On the other hand, your your argument is is simple. You know, it doesn't matter if it's the backups at Arizona. Your backups at Arizona should be better than the first string at NAU. And it kind of goes back to the problem of the overall depth of the Wildcats. I mean, Kevin Sumlin said a week ago last Monday that he wanted to get guys looks that hadn't got looks before. And they did that. I mean, they gave quite a few guys looks Um, Kevin Sumlin at today's press conference Monday's press conference said Kion Bars is a guy that really jumped out he played well but he also had some moments in the second half where he didn't fill his gaps at all and NAU was able to run the ball successfully able to 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 kind of drop back and, and pick apart Arizona secondary and you want to see a team like Arizona when they face a team like NAU step on the gas, step on the throat, as I like to say, uh, and put teams away. And 
So you like the 65 points, but the 41, it's just not a good sign because to me, you're coming off the loss against Hawaii where we all know the defense was atrocious. You face a team like NAU and you're like, all right, let's, let's blow them out. Let's build momentum. Let's get things going for Texas Tech. And you have the first half and it's great. Okay, there's your momentum right there. The problem is uh, your momentum is gone with that second half performance. And um, I think a good sign of that is in the post-game presser, um, Jace Whitaker and, and Anthony Pandy were, were the defensive representatives. And uh, you guys know Jace Whitaker. We've been talking to Jace Whitaker for years. Um, there may not be a, a player on the team that has made a bigger jump from freshman to senior year than Jace Whitaker. And he's a great interview, one of our favorite interviews to do. And the guy was at a loss for words uh, because he was pissed. And Chase Whitaker, despite the fact that they won by three touchdowns, was pissed off. And he said numerous times, hey, look, we're going to get better. And we asked about the coverage, and he said, we're going to get better. And I personally asked Anthony Pandy, I said, why why don't you think you guys can get a, a consistent pass rush? And he didn't really have an answer, but he said, we've got to get better. And that's it. Uh, I mean, that's that's the simple recipe or, or not-so-simple recipe for Arizona's success. They have to get better. The problem is, when you take a look at Arizona, is it possible to get better, or is it a personnel issue? And I I asked Kevin Sumlin on Monday, uh, I said, you know, is it minor mistakes, or are they just major things? You know, and I was kind of hinting, is it fixable? And uh, he said it was a little bit of both. And if it's a little minor things, you can live with it because you figure, hey, a good coaching staff can fix it. The problem is overall, when you look at it, to me, uh, it's more of a personnel thing. And and I'm not skipping on the coaches. You all know how I feel about Marcel Yates. Marcel Yates probably knows how I feel about Marcel Yates. I mean, I've I've written an article saying uh, he should have been fired last year. Uh, With that being said, after a while, you only have so much that you can work with. And again, that's if you want to say that's Marcel Yates' fault, that's fine. But you take a look at Arizona, for instance, and... Uh, the thing defensively that, that sticks out to me, there's two things, actually. Number one, uh, I can't remember the last time Arizona consistently got a good pass rush. I, I really can't. I mean, you take a look at the defensive line, and all camp, we heard Trevon Mason, Miles Tapasoa, those guys are going to come in. They're going to be good. And I heard it, and I relayed the message, and I started to believe it. And I said to myself, these guys are going to change Arizona's defensive line. The whole defense is going to benefit because of it. Can't wait to see these guys once they get in shape. Well, we're uh, we're two games into the season now, going on three, and and those guys haven't made an impact at, at all. I mean, I think Miles Tapasoa had a tackle uh, against against Hawaii, uh, against NAU. You never really heard those guys' name. Uh, Trevon Mason got the start, which is great. But I mean, you look at the stats. For instance, I'm looking at them right now. Um, they didn't really they didn't register. I mean, your your two starting defensive tackles, your defensive linemen in general, uh, didn't do really anything. I mean, Fenton Connolly finished the game with two tackles. Jalen Harris had one tackle. He had that sack, which was Arizona's first sack of the season, I believe. Um, he's actually got the only two sacks. The problem is the, the last one was, was kind of a late hit. But um, you, you take a look at the defensive line, and, and for your starters to not finish basically – with any you know remote stat line against NAU is a bad sign. And you take a look at who's making the tackles, 
and it's guys in the secondary, which means that the defensive line is getting beat and, and the linebackers are getting beat. I, I mean, it, to be fair, it was a weird game. Arizona's leading tackler in the game was Anthony Pandy with four tackles. Normally you'll see more than that. Uh, like we mentioned, Colin Schooler didn't play the whole second half. He only had two tackles. But still, you want to see more of a contribution from the defensive line. You don't want Lee Anderson with two tackles, Fenton Connolly with two tackles, Jalen Harris with one tackle to be the stats that your defensive line puts up. There has to be some sort of pressure. And to me, and again, I'm, I'm guilty of this as well, the, the personnel on the defensive line, you know, where's J.B. Brown? I mean, this is a guy where he looked great in practice. Uh, we thought he was going to be better. We, we heard that he was going to move to the inside for some quick look packages. That never really materialized. Um, nothing, really, in the first two games of the season. Uh, Jalen Harris, he'll get there. I, I think you're, you've got to be remote, pretty happy with Jalen Harris's production. Uh, he's fine. Miles Tapasoa, Trevon Mason, nothing there. Mikey Irving was a little banged up. That's why he didn't play this week, but he was the second string, and he didn't play at all uh, against Hawaii. And so we heard Iona, defensive line coach Iona, for instance, said that he felt comfortable playing two different defensive lines without there being much of a drop-off. Um, the problem is that there isn't much of a drop-off because neither of them have been very good so far. Uh, and against Texas Tech, if Arizona's defensive line performs like it did in the first two games of the year, Arizona's not winning. There's no way Arizona beats Texas Tech without any type of pass rush. It's going to look like Hawaii. It's going to look like Washington State. And Arizona's not going to be able to get off the field. Uh, beyond the pass rush, and, and they're really they're related, because without a pass rush, the corners, the safeties, they can only do their job so much. Uh, but the safeties have been bad so far this year. Scotty Young is the guy where throughout fall camp, we heard about how he's a leader, how he's improved. He said all the right things. But he, he was awful against Hawaii, uh, against NAU. He got beat a few times, finished with four tackles. Again, weird statistical game, but not the guy that you look at and you say, oh, yeah, that's that's the leader of the defense. He just he hasn't played that well. Uh, Christian Young, um, what he did against NAU was, was inexcusable. And, and, you know, we don't really see Kevin Sumlin upset at press conferences. He, he's very good, and, and it's kind of a nice – Change because Mike Stoops was an angry dude at post-game pressers. Rich Rodriguez, we all know, I mean, one of the reasons he got fired was because of the way that he handled post-game pressers. Kevin Sumlin is very straightforward, very calm demeanor, uh, but he was mad at Christian Young. And he frankly said, look, we're, we're taking care of it right now. And if this player doesn't fix the issues, he's not playing. And everybody knew that he was talking about Christian Young. I mean, Darian Clark got ejected as well. Uh, but Kevin Sullen during the Monday's presser said basically he, he disagreed with the call. Um, and, and if you don't disagree with the call, that's fine. But uh, he kind of made an argument. Not all, all quarterbacks are protected the same. But um, when he was talking about ejections and guys that he was mad at for stupid penalties, you could tell it was Christian Young. I mean, here it is. It's NAU. This isn't Alabama. Arizona's not facing Oklahoma, as my wife said. Uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of like it's NAU. Like you're supposed to blow them out. Um, and here's Christian Young posing after a play where Arizona's up 40 points in the first half. Uh, it's just a stupid penalty. He got ejected. Um, and, and here's another kid where he's supposed to be one of your leaders of the defense, one of your best player players, and, and Arizona's playing freshman, and he gets ejected for, for taunting. And, and whether you think the penalty is stupid or not, um, in terms of the call itself, is irrelevant to me. Like, act like you've been there before. 
And maybe it's an issue that Arizona hasn't been there before, and that's why they're so excited. But you're up 40 points, and, and you're you're trying to make progress. You're trying to put together a, a solid first half. And he's out here single-handedly allowing NAU um, to keep drives alive. And, and really, you know, penalties are, are a major issue under Sumlin. I mean, 11 penalties for 127 yards. You can get away with that against NAU, against Texas Tech, against Hawaii, against any team in the Pac-12, or at least most of the teams in the Pac-12. You're not getting away with that. You're going to lose games because of that. And so to me, um, the overall stupidity, and that's what it is, it's stupidity, those type of penalties. If you're making a penalty that's overly aggressive, like Jalen Harris is against Hawaii where he hit the quarterback, hey, so be it. You're overly aggressive a little bit. We can live with that. If you're getting penalties for taunting, for personal fouls, for contact after play because you're pushing and shoving and, and talking smack to a guy, just a stupid penalty. And what's crazy is NAU had 26 first downs, uh, five rushing first downs, six penalty first downs. So they had more first downs because of stupid Arizona penalties than they did uh, rushing the football. And, and so to me, you know, you're, you're giving teams an extra opportunity and that extra opportunity didn't really matter against NAU. It matters against better teams on the schedule. That needs to stop right now. And, and I'm curious to see if Kevin Sumlin is a, a man of his word, per se. Like, I, I'm curious to see if Christian Young starts the game against Texas Tech. I think he kind of has to, but we'll see. Maybe there's a punishment there. Um, if he goes and he gets another personal foul to Sumlin, bench him right away. Uh, there has to be some type of accountability. And I'm really curious to see what that accountability is. Um, and, and going back to safeties, it's not just penalties with Scotty Young and and uh, Christian Young. You know, you take a look at another guy to me that, that really struggles, Jarius Wallace. Uh, he got hurt last game, and he finished with four tackles, but um, teams are kind of picking on him a little bit, and they're picking on Scotty Young more. When you watch the NAU game, you see that Case Cookus was literally looking at where Scotty Young was and throwing the ball deep on him, but the problem is that Arizona safeties don't know where to go and don't know who's supporting them once the ball's thrown deep. And to me, you know, it goes back to personnel versus coaching. I don't think Scotty Young and Jarius Wallace are all that good. But after a bit, you look and you say, okay, Arizona's defensive coordinator coaches safeties. The position that's struggling the most on the field so far through two games are the safeties. So after a while, you're like, hey, you know, maybe these guys aren't being coached the, the way that they're supposed to be. And Kevin Sumlin said after one of the games that Scotty Young didn't know where to go in coverage. If Scotty Young doesn't know where to go in coverage, he either isn't picking it up or he isn't being taught correctly. And, and we don't know. We're not at practices. My guess is it's, it's a little bit of both. But, I, you know, to me, the, the safeties are a major issue, which is a shame uh, because you're facing a team like Texas Tech that is going to 100% um, try to expose that. Uh, another negative from the NAU game, and I know I'm focusing on a lot of negatives considering Arizona won by 24 points, but it goes back to that 41. Uh, you know, if Arizona won that game 51-13, to 13, if that first half score was the final score, I think everybody's cool. Everybody's looking towards Texas Tech. Nobody's complaining about NAU. Instead, uh, Kevin Sumlin's weekly presser revolved around NAU and how poorly Arizona played, especially defensively, um, and really, well, the focus is now starting to turn to Texas Tech. Um, it, there's just nothing in those first two games that you say, wow, you know, Arizona's defense looks good. And 
to me, the, the third concern when I look at it uh, is punting. Arizona's punting is awful. There's no way around it. Uh, Matt Aragon got the first game, didn't do anything well, um, had really shanked one of the punts. So they say, okay, let's go to Kyle Ossendorp, the true freshman. Kyle Ossendorp averages 38 yards a punt, had two punts, one was fair caught, um, 38 yards a punt. Not good. Not good enough at all. And, and someone said that it is an open competition this week again. So it could be Austin Dort. It could be Matt Aragon. Um, it could also be a situation where the reality is it doesn't matter because Arizona doesn't have a good enough punter on the roster. Against Hawaii, I thought it hurt Arizona. Against NAU, it, it obviously didn't because of the score deficit. Against Texas Tech, it will. And, and you know, you take a look at punters, and we kind of overlook it. It is a weapon in, in this era of football. You take a look at ASU, for instance, and I hate bringing them up uh, because I know, you know, what what podcast this is. But you take a look at their their punter, Michael Turk. Uh, the numbers he's putting up are, are unreal. I mean, he's breaking NCAA records with punting. And that team right now isn't a good team, but their punting allows the defense more leeway to make mistakes. Um, it, it gives the offense, which isn't good, over in Tempe, more time and more room to work, uh, a better field position, I should say. Field position is going to be a big deal uh, against Tech, and Arizona has to find um, a, a better way uh, to figure out the punting situation. Uh, it probably won't happen this week. Maybe the, the punter is surprised. Maybe they do a better job. Maybe the answer isn't even on the roster. It's going to be on the roster next season. Um, we'll see, but... You know, it's a situation where it's worth keeping a close eye on. Of course, you know, I start the podcast talking about the negatives. You know, it's like, do you want the bad news first or the good news? Uh, it's not all bad. I thought Arizona's offense, again, the opponent, not great. But the numbers uh, for Arizona's offense were just stupid. I mean, especially the running game. You're talking 9.4 yards per rush four touchdowns and they only lost 19 yards because they had a sack. Uh, I mean, it is absolutely insane what they were able to do running. And Kevin Sumlin has mentioned that their difficulty with running the ball is that they have, they almost have too many running backs. Like they got to figure out a way to get each guy the ball. I, I mean, JJ Taylor, the best running back on the team, but the more carries that Gary Brightwell gets, you wonder how big that deficit is. Like Gary Brightwell, five carries, 143 yards at a touchdown. <laughs> that's, I mean, that that shouldn't. That's video game numbers. J.J. Uh, Taylor, ten carries, 104 yards. Bam Smith, eight for 84. Tilford even got in the action a little bit. Michael Wiley got in the action. You take a look at Arizona's run game, and you almost wonder how many times a game they have to pass it in order to be successful. And you just know, again, NAU, Texas Tech, you just know that Texas Tech is going to load the box and be aggressive on run blitzes because that's the way that their defensive coordinator, Keith Patterson, plays the game. And they're going to dare Khalil Tate to beat them. But Arizona's run game is at a point where that still may not even work. And if Texas Tech is run blitzing and Arizona is still able to establish the run, that changes the, the whole dynamic. Uh, of the game. And, and so to me, when I look at the core of Arizona's running back, I think it's Taylor and Brightwell. I think those are clearly the two top guys. Uh, Tilford's not bad as a power back. I think Wiley is a really good pass catcher as a running back. Uh, Bam Smith is, is another one guy. But to me, I like 
for for all the criticism that Noel Mazzoni gets as an offensive coordinator, and I know people don't like him. I get why people don't like him. One of the smartest things he's done through two games is that two-back set. Because what it does is you send a guy on a, rot- on, on a route, and now you say, okay, the guy in the box, the linebacker, has to leave the box in order to go cover the guy running the route, or they have to shift off a little bit, and it opens things up. You're going to see two-back most of the situations against Texas Tech in order to kind of shake up their defense. But it is a very smart move. Um, another move they had that I like, Brian Castillo wound up having a rushing attempt because of a little slip pass that they gave him behind the line of scrimmage that counted as a rush. So basically what they're trying to do is get their playmakers the ball in space, and their best playmakers are their running backs. So I think Arizona, even if it's against NAU, against Hawaii, whoever it's going to be against, that run game isn't, isn't a major concern. And uh, I was talking to someone close to the program today, and they made a point that what Arizona's been able to do on their offensive line the last whatever amount of years, really since Rich Rodriguez came, if not before that, is pretty remarkable. I mean, they've had a variety of offensive line coaches. They don't have this five-star dominant lineman on their line, and yet they're always successful. I mean, they plug in a, a walk-in center in Josh McCauley, no drop-off whatsoever. Edgar Barola is a guy who didn't play last year pretty much at all in, in any relevant time. This year he comes and he starts, and he's doing fine. Donovan Lay is a guy who wasn't highly recruited at all. Starts as a true freshman every single game, and he might be the best lineman right now. Robert Congle is a guy didn't really look great in camp. I, I was a little surprised when he came on strong late. Looks great. And, and so Cody Creason is another guy. They, they have a little bit of depth on the offensive line too. Uh, it's really remarkable what they've been able to do in their run game led by that offensive line. And that offensive line is going to be great next season, too, because they're not really losing anybody. And so you take a look at the way that Arizona in the last five, six, seven years has recruited the offensive line and the success that they've had, and really it's one of the the bright spots in the entire program. Um, Also positive, you know, I I think Khalil Tate played well. Again, hard to say, opponent. Uh, Not much to say in his game. I think he made the right decisions. Uh, I think he played well. His challenges will obviously be bigger against Texas Tech. Uh, Grant Gunnell, you don't get much better as a freshman. 9 of 11, 3 touchdowns, 151 yards. And uh, I kind of chuckled today because Kevin Selman said while watching the tape, they realized that he could have been 11 of 11. And they're right. I mean, he really could have been 11 of 11. I believe he finished with the highest QB rating in an Arizona uh, in an Arizona first game, an initial game in, in a long time. I think Willie might have been higher, but uh, I'm not sure off, off the top of my head. Um, but either way, uh, the future looks bright. Again, NAU, I know, but uh, that pass four yards in the air would hit Thomas Reed in stride uh, was fantastic. And, and by the way, speaking of that play, if you go back and watch it, look at the sideline. When Thomas Reed scores, uh, they're going nuts because Thomas Reed is a walk-on, one of the nicest kids you'll ever meet. Great story, transferred high schools a bunch of times, special teams player, works his butt off, one of the most likable guys on the team. The team went absolutely nuts uh, when he scored. It, it was pretty awesome to watch. Uh, the receiving core, got to give a shout-out to Drew Dixon. I was pretty hard on him after the Hawaii game. Uh, really bailed out Grant Gunnell on, on the one play where he came back and caught it, uh, had the touchdown. That that whole receiving core, I mean, Tavion Cunningham, this is a kid who really didn't have any football offers. I mean, he told me 
Uh, I asked him when I talked to him the other day, uh, what would you have done if you didn't go to Arizona? And he said, I don't know. I would have figured it out, and it would have been football, but he has no idea where he would have wound up. Um, but he wound up at Arizona, and he you could make an argument, a legitimate argument, that he's the best wide receiver on the team right now. I mean, he just gets open. He's the fastest of the bunch, probably, and whatever he does, he gets open. He had that, that touchdown in the beginning of the game, the 47-yard touchdown. He scored again, was wide open on the little slant route. He might be Arizona's uh, best wide receiver right now on the team. And the thing is, they have a bunch of wide receivers. Uh, they have Jalen Johnson, freshman, first game, caught a 14-yard pass. They have Joyner. They have Castile, Cunningham, uh, Barry Hill Dixon, uh, today at the press conference, uh, Kevin Sumlin mentioned that Booby Curry is probably close to coming back. He's had a rotator cuff issue during fall camp, got better, and then hurt his calf. But he's another guy, super talented. So they're going to have weapons uh, at wide receiver. And so offensively, uh, while I didn't like the play calling in the first game with Noel Mazzoni, and I was pretty vocal about it, the, the reality is there's quite a bit of talent on the offensive side of the ball. I think the biggest concern is obviously on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, it's something that I don't know how to fix it. <laughs> if I did, I'd probably be getting paid a, a good amount of money. I, I don't know if Arizona knows how to fix it. I'll go as far as to say I don't know if it's fixable with the current coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball and, and the current personnel. And, and I know people say it's a Marcel Yates problem. I'm one of those people, but... Um, a, a point that I brought up on the message boards is there's there's no clear answer. Like, there's no clear answer at defensive coordinator. Let's say you fire Marcel Yates next week during the bye week. There's no clear guy who's the defensive coordinator. Like, Demetrius Martin never called plays. Iona, there's a difference between junior college, et cetera, and there's some other things there. Uh, rushing isn't going to be the guy. Uh, there's just not a clear answer as to who calls plays. And so while it's possible that something happens to Marcel Yates, my guess, and from what I've heard from a few people, uh, is that it's unlikely. And, of course, the discussion will be on the back burner for a week if Arizona can beat Texas Tech. And I think it's one of those games where Texas Tech's offense is so deadly that people won't even be that mad if Arizona lets up that many points against Texas Tech as long as it wins the game. Now, if it loses in blowout fashion and they they let up 59 points, different story. But if it wins the game while letting up some points, I think people can live with it for a little bit. But um, that's that's just some general... Thoughts on the win uh, over NAU. Uh, we mentioned Texas Tech a little bit tonight in this podcast, but we'll have a full preview later in the week, um, including uh, we'll, we'll touch on some comments um, that, that were pretty funny by Texas Tech coach Matt Wells, who said that Arizona is running the, the triple option. Um, my head almost exploded thinking of Khalil Tate reading those comments, talk about the triple option, but uh, um, that, that's a different story, I guess. But we'll uh, we'll touch on Texas Tech and, and how much this game means to the program, the challenges that Tech presents on both sides of the ball. And uh, we'll also have a basketball recruiting podcast coming this week as well. But once again, I'm Jason Shear, Senior Editor of WildcatAuthority.com, and I thank you for joining us on the Wildcat Scoop Podcast.